Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions, with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So, hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today we're going to look at one of my favorite things, doing nothing. And it's not that I'm a deadbeat or lazy or anything like that. Actually, I accomplished quite a bit. But I've learned that simply a being with no expectations enlivens me like nothing else. And this is eloquently explored in David Kuntz's new book, The Art of Stopping, How to Be Still When You Have to Keep Going. I love that, too. Um, So David has had three careers, one as a successful Um, ordained minister in the church setting. One is an equally successful marriage and family therapist. And a third is a best-selling author of such books as Quiet Mind, One Minute Mindfulness, and Nothing's Wrong, A Man's Guide to Managing His Feelings. Today, we'll delve into the art of stopping. I'm really looking forward to it. So it's a joy and pleasure to welcome David Kuntz to Today's show. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Thank you, Paul. Great to be with you. You talk about in the this, in this beginning of the book, the mountain of too much. And uh, I think we're all familiar with the mountain of too much. And every time I get on the, the highway, there's the, the, the craziness of too fast. Uh, you know, there's more and more things to do. Um, it, it, everything is speeded up, it seems, in the last what? It's, and it's not just because I'm getting old, right? I used to laugh at the oldies who were driving at 30 miles an hour in the 60 mile an hour zone and et cetera. And I think, is it just because I'm getting old that I'm thinking this way? But I think, no, it really is speeding up, right? There is the mountain of too much. Absolutely, there is. And one of the things we tend to forget is that um, the time that we have is the same. It's the same 24 hours. It doesn't get any more. It doesn't get any bigger. And our energy, as we age, gets smaller. So you're talking about uh, uh, an amount of time that doesn't change, energy that decreases, and things to do and places to be and, uh, and people to see increasing. So it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a recipe for disaster. And yeah, there are plenty of disasters to show it. Yeah, and of course we're we're still dealing with um, with COVID nineteen and now yeah. the variants. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's that's making a lot of us crazy. Uh, 
we, we live in a very divided world. Um, there's a lot of stresses. So all, all these things contribute to that. And right. um, you know, like you said, can, can drive us nuts. Um, but, you know, there's maybe in, in a deeper sense, there is no such thing as time, right? Because I've noticed in my own life experience that, you know, time can be various things. It, it can drag. Or it could totally disappear, you know. I see. I'm in mm -hmm. that timeless moment. So really, I'm in charge of it rather than it being in charge of me. Yes, ideally true. But unfortunately, we learn to what um, not well, give our power away. I guess you could say, and and uh, we give it away to time and circumstance and a bunch of other things. All the things we've learned from society that aren't necessarily healthy, right? Right, yeah. What I find is what we do most of the time when we're challenged with time is we do one of two things. We either cram things in, add more and add more and add more, uh, or we cut things out, things that we think are not necessary. And very often the things that we cut out are the things that uh, are like exercise or spending time with kids or friends or family. In other words, things that are uh, we think are probably not necessary, but in, in many ways are. So the, 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 the cutting out and the cramming in just no longer works. It's, it's, it's a pro, there are processes that do not serve us at all anymore. Right. And, you know, like you say, they, 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 they have the opposite effect. You know, we, we feel mm. overwhelmed then. We're trying to cram in so much between all the various events of our lives and or, or then we're, we're trying to cut time, find a little space. You know, the, the old uh, the statement that attributed to, to Mahatma Gandhi, you know, was that, you know, when he had a busy day ahead of him, he would meditate twice as long in the morning, right? So exactly, exactly. It's, so true. Yeah. So, so my response to this problem is stopping. Is, uh, and let me define stopping. Stopping is doing nothing for a moment or a month. For a moment or a month, doing okay. nothing as much as possible as it is to do nothing. So stopping is doing nothing in order to wake up and remember who you are and what you want. In now, other like words, mm -hmm. now go ahead, please. Well, it's it, stopping is based on the principle that um, the wisdom that one needs to live an authentic and real and, 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 and meaningful life is within you. And this is, as you know, this is nothing new. This is in literally every spiritual tradition, East and West. The answer and the wisdom is within you. But in our 21st century, we have so much distraction, so much noise, Add, add on to that COVID and, and the political disasters that are going on around the world, and, and we're, just, we're just totally overwhelmed. We, we, we're, we're overwhelmed. The, the world, I think, is in a state of overwhelm. And it's, this, this idea of stopping is based on, as I said, on the principle that you have that wisdom within you, but we need to quiet down enough to hear the wisdom. It's there, and it's ready to speak to us if only we would allow it. And uh, allowing it means silence. It means getting rid of distraction. It means what I call stopping. Right.
And then you use that word distraction, and that's what uh, I think um, gets in the way for some of us because, you know, we'd love to spend some time in the quiet and maybe we try to meditate or whatever or stop. Uh, and then our mind starts doing its monkey thing, right? Our mm -hmm, monkey mind, mm -hmm. And we're distracted and then we're worse off than we, we were before. So we say, oh, I'm not doing this meditation thing, you know, because it, 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 it just makes even more aware of how distracted I am. So how, how would you uh, counsel for those folks? Well, you know, when you get to that position uh, of just saying, I'm not doing this anymore, it's just crazy. And as you say, the mind is the monkey mind. It, it just keeps going and you get distracted and things come. So I would a couple things. One is let it come and let it go. Let it come. This is what the spiritual, the spiritual uh, saints in, in all traditions tell us. Let the distractions come, let the worries come, and then let them go. Be a sieve. Uh, don't, don't get stuck fighting them. Don't put up resistance. Let it come and let it go. And as you're, if you're meditating or if you're stopping, try to realize that you're going to have strong resistance and that you can indeed punch through that resistance. So, you know, um, this is maybe a point to say, um, um, uh, Marcel Proust had the saying, all of mankind's problems are due to one's inability to sit still in a room. And that when was you Pascal, think, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's who, that's who it was, Blaise Pascal, yeah. To sit still in a room. So um, I'm, I'm, uh, let me advise your, your listeners. Uh, imagine yourself sitting in a room where you will not be disturbed. It's quiet. No one's going to bother you for an hour. And just sit in a chair. Just sit there. Imagine it. Because you have to imagine it before you can do it. So what is that like for you? What, is it, what does it bring up? And if you're like most of us, it doesn't bring up a lot of good stuff. You think, what in the world am I doing? This is crazy. I have a million things yeah. to do, and I'm just wasting time. So yeah. my advice is try to, try to resist that. Just on faith alone, if nothing more, say, okay, wisdom, the wisdom of all traditions tell me that this is good. This works. So I'll give it a try. So punch through the resistance and just sit there. Two minutes have gone by. You're fidgety. Three minutes have gone by. And gradually, if you can keep up your resistance of, of giving up and going back to life, then you realize, okay, I'm breathing a little easier. Okay, I can do this. Okay, this, this might actually be something important. So uh, that's the only thing I can advise people to do. And then the other thing, that's helpful if you're resisting this, is to begin with what I call still points. Stopping is divided into three ways of doing it, and they're based on the amount of time you do it. There are still points, very brief, very brief, short times of silence. There are stopovers, longer times, a half hour, an hour, a day, a weekend maybe. And then there are grinding halts, which are very long periods of time. And some people never do a grinding halt, and that's fine. So I would say begin with still points. So if you put 
50 still points in your day, 50 times in which you stop, close your eyes, take a breath, and then go back to life. If you do that 50 times a day, I guarantee you'll come to the end of your day more relaxed and more focused and less stressed. And then you'll find, I'm convinced of this, that you enjoy these moments so much that you'll want to do a longer time. And if you want to do it, if you really want to do it, you'll do it. Don't you find that? If, if, if what we want, we really, really want to do in life, we do. We find time somehow. So you will find that, oh, these are, these are wonderful, refreshing times. I think I'll do it a little longer. Maybe I'll take a day off and just walk around the block or sit in my room or go to the park or just be still. Because then is when the voices will be heard. Then is when you will get in touch with your wisdom. And a lot of people ask, okay, so is it like you have an all of a sudden, you have a revelation? Uh, Oh, this is what I have to do. Oh, this is the solution to the problem. No. No, it's much more gradual. The way I discovered stopping was very personal, Paul. I, I, I was a clergyman, as you mentioned, and uh, the bottom sort of fell out of my life in all kinds of ways. And so without knowing what to do, I really didn't know what to do. I just did nothing. I went to the northern coast of California near Mendocino, and I rented a, a, a little cabin for a month. Now, I was fortunate that I could do that. A lot of people can't do that. So I was fortunate I was my bishop gave me permission to do that. And I did nothing but look at the ocean for a month. Just sat there and was still. And during that time, I'm convinced what happened, I scanned my life. And my wisdom, the values that I had, the values that I wanted to keep became clear to me. Not all of a sudden. I didn't end that month going back to my life and saying, okay, now I know exactly what I'm going to do. All my problems are solved. No. It was very gradual. And I'm, but I'm sure that without that period of stopping, of being still, it would have been a lot more messy, a lot more difficult. Stopping gave me the wisdom that I needed. I accessed, uh, gained access to the wisdom that was already there. And so that's what I encourage people to do with the, the process of stopping. And it's a gift that's always with us, and we don't, and we aren't aware of it sometimes, right? We're, it's, it's hidden in plain sight, if you like. And, exactly. and it's the same as the para- paradoxical nature of time, I think, you know. Um, you talked about uh, being at the speed of light, right? Stopping at, at the spirit at the speed of light, right? At, at, at 186,000 miles per second, which is the speed of light, it, there's no movement. It just is, right? So you, exactly, exactly, it's like... is. Uh, it appears to be moving, but it isn't. So same for us. So so if we need extra time, you've literally got it because um, now that you can expand 24 hours. But you expand your perception of where you are at any given moment, and and you know I've I've noticed I can I can spend a whole afternoon and it seemed like an eternity and maybe it was you know because I've mm. gone beyond uh, gone beyond linear time. So well stated, exactly. That's the that's the concept of stopping exactly time to like stand still. Another another phrase I like that you had. Um, it is stopping before everything. 
you know, sometimes once we get everything done, I'm all tidied up, you know, I've got all my chores, then I can stop. Well, right. no, it's the other way around, isn't it? You stop it is. so that you're informed to, to live more wisely and, and, and effortlessly, if you like. So I like that, stop before everything. And, and you know, you say, well, I haven't got time. Well, yeah, you have a, you have a moment. So you have that, you can have that still point. You can, even one breath can do that, right? It can be a, exactly. you know, a new beginning, uh, a new point. And uh, it, it begins to change our whole consciousness, it seems to me. It does. Once you get into the process of doing nothing, of stopping, of being still, of listening, of, of silence and of being alone. Yes, it does, exactly. It becomes a, 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 a whole new way of life in a way. And, and I, I love that you emphasize that you, you need to be, if you, whatever program of self-improvement you want to begin, you, you, you had better be in a stopped position before you begin it. And yes, not wait till uh, uh, sometime. If only... Um, uh, okay, I'll be ready to do this when I get this done, or I'll be ready to do that when my, when my kids are grown, or I'll be... No, 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 it's now. It's exactly now. This life, this moment, is no dress rehearsal. Yes, I was just thinking about that, and yeah. It's a great one, because I think I, I lived, you know, quite a bit of my life acting as if it was, you know. I was, I was getting it all together, and eventually when I got it all together... Life would start. Well, yeah. wrong. <laughs> been, wrong. Yes, we do that. We do that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If only we would have started earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well stated, Paul. Well, I'm looking back on the photos. Uh, I'm working on a book about uh, my journey to India when I was in my twenties, and I've been looking oh. back at some old, old photos of me when I was that age and um, thinking, you know, ooh. You, you looked okay, you know, before I had judged myself, oh, you know, you're not looking good enough, or you're too young, you you know, you were stupid then. And I mm. thought, no, actually, I was me then, just in that young form, and it was fine, you know. And it, right. it, it made me feel good, you know, instead of beating up on myself uh, for not being everything I should have been, it was like, that's who you were then, and I, I'm kind of embracing it, and, and, and that's nice, you know, when you can do that. Indeed, wonderfully stated, yes, I, I totally agree. You know, there's a beautiful poem that you quote, uh, and that's another thing, folks. Throughout this book, there are many different poems that have been uh, quoted uh, because poets, as as, uh, David suggests, are in touch with this this timeless place, this this place where we truly see and we can't see or truly feel anything unless we can stop. Um, So there's many beautiful uh, examples of poetry. One of them is from uh, Rilke, the, the German poet. Um, I, I don't know if you'd like to read that poem, uh, David, and, and we can sure. talk about it. Because it's, it's beautiful. It has the lovely line, uh, I am the rest between two notes. And, and that, that's the stopping place again. So, uh, yeah, if, you want, if you'd like to read that, we'll... we'll uh, sure, sure. Okay, I'll be glad to. Yes, it's by Rainer Maria Rilke. My life is not this steeply sloping hour in which you see me hurrying. Much stands before me, and I stand before it like a tree. I am only one of my many mouths. I am only one of my many mouths. And at that, the one that will be still the soonest. I am the rest 
between two notes. I am the rest between two notes, which are somehow always in discord, because death's note wants to climb over. But in the dark interval, in the dark interval, reconciled, they stay there, trembling, and the song and the song goes on, beautiful. And the mm-hmm. song goes on, beautiful. So yes, the rest between two notes. If you think of if you think of the whole idea of music, and if you take out the stops, what have you got? A siren, a wail. It's not music. It's the stops that give meaning to the music, and, and, and thus it is with life. It's, our, it's the in-betweens in our life, the from-tos, from here to there, uh, that give meaning to the notes. The notes of our life we do well. We get on with business. We do what we're supposed to do. Most of us are pretty darn good at that, especially here in, in our country, America, very practical and very uh, 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 focused on accomplishment. But it's the stopping we're not so good at. So I want to emphasize those gaps in between. Annie Dillard says, meaning jumps in at the gaps. It's the gaps. It's the time between that will give meaning to our life. And that's where you can put these little stopping times, these still points, or even longer moments, days of, of a stopover to give meaning to access your wisdom. Beautiful, yeah, and, and you've got a quote from Claude Debussy that said, uh, "Music is the silence between the notes." Similar idea, right? And I think yes. um, Miles Davis said, "You know, it was the notes he didn't play that were the, were the most important ones." Exactly, and, I love yeah. that one. Yeah, it's what I don't they, play that's important. I don't yeah. know how we miss this, Paul. We miss this so much in our culture, don't we? The, the that 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 just that saying of Miles Davis. It's what I don't play. That's important. Somehow yeah. our culture just misses that by a wide margin. And that's yeah, what a, we have to we have to. There's go. another added extra in the Rilke, too, that I like. And that is that, you know, it's not that all these notes are sweetness. They're in discord with each other. You know, there's the life note and the death note. And, right. and we're always dealing with that dichotomy, right? And exactly. yet, the, the, in, the, in the, the, the place between the notes, they 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 all they stay there trembling, and the song goes on beautiful. And right. I, I love that added nuance that the poets got there. You know that life isn't always easy. It's not just a sweet melody here between these two lovely notes. Right. There's tough decisions to be made, but but when I can rest between them, then my life is enhanced. Right. I, it moves on and it's beautiful. And yes. it's, a, it's sometimes a hard one beauty, but it's there, right? And for exactly. me, that's more real than some, you know, new agey idea that, you know, it's all it's all beautiful, you know. Well, eh, not no. necessarily. Life could be tough, right? That's for sure. Especially these days of COVID, I think of of families of of, of two jobs and three kids and homeschooling, and my goodness, I just think, oh my goodness, how. How what challenge that is for for people in that situation, right? And we should point out too that the this stopping is is not uh, you know stop the world I want to get off kind of mentality, right? We no, not at all. With life, we have to be involved with life. This is a way to deal with 
with COVID and all the other stresses. And um, it, it's not counseling a, a sort of a quietism or a, a, you know, giving up or passivity here. And I like what you, you another phrase you have is stop and go for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, you can't really go for it until you've stopped and become aware a little more. Uh, awake and remembering is another phrase that you use, you know. Right. The, the, once you're awake, then you remember what's truly important and you can begin to live more wisely, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I like the expression carpe diem, seize the day, which is a very popular saying even today. Uh, but before you seize the day, you better know what day you're seizing. You better be aware of what you're trying to grasp. And that's where stuff right. comes in. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think it was, was it Crazy Horse or Red Cloud? One of, one of the great Indian uh, Native American chiefs said, uh, today is a good day to die. And, yeah. um, and he didn't, he wasn't being, um, you know, morbid or anything. Um, right. I think he was saying, I, I have done my work. I am aware. I'm awake. So any mm -hmm. moment is okay to die, right? Right, it's, exactly. It's a terrible but thing to, to pass on unaware or even to die to the moment that you're in. You know, it's sad if you're not there because you're so distracted and busy with stuff. I think mm. stopping gives you that moment of I'm here. You know, I, I am I'm available, right, no matter what happens. Exactly. The powerful place to be. It certainly is. It is the powerful place to be awake and aware of the moment. So, folks, as we go towards the the break here, I just want to tell you a little bit about the book. It's it, like we said earlier, and I think you're getting the idea. It's a very powerful book. There's lots of good um, good information here and wisdom. And what I like about it also is that there's like 44 chapters, something like that. So each chapter is only uh, three to five pages long. So you can read a chapter and then sort of cogitate and allow it to speak to you and stop and think about it before you, you move on. I, I like that about it. I already mentioned there's lots of quotes uh, from insightful people and uh, it's, it's published uh, and available in all the usual outlets. If people wanted to get in touch with you, David, do, do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's uh www.stopping.com. There we go. All right. So uh, before we go to the break, though, we got you mentioned the still points. The, those are the moments up to you know 15 minutes or so, and then the, the stopovers, which could be a, an afternoon or even a weekend, and then those grinding halts, which are those moments of truth, right? That I've had a couple in my life, right. where you know. It's, you've got to stop. Nothing, you know, unless you do it, you know, you're not going to survive. You know, there's got to, we've got right. to do something here. Um, right. So let's talk more about those three aspects when we come back. With, I'm with David Kuntz. We're talking about his new book, The Art of Stopping. Join us a couple of minutes. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. And we're talking about his book, The Art of Stopping, How to Be Still When You Have to Keep Going, which is a very apropos in our wild and crazy lives right now. Uh, the power of stopping and uh, considering and actually doing nothing. You know, sometimes we want to uh, fill our meditation time or contemplation time with, uh, with a different kind of worry. You know, I'm going to worry about my spiritual life now instead of my everyday life. But the higher way is not to think at all, right? And to let thoughts come, as, as I like to think, as clouds in an empty sky, in a beautiful blue sky. They come and we just let them go. We're not, we're not trying to hold on to them. Uh, and we receive great uh, insight and awareness when, when we can do that. And we've talked about this a couple of times in the show so far. Three kinds of stopping, right? The still points the stopovers and the, the grinding halts. And you mentioned that, you know, the still points. And of course, the word is beautifully reused by T.S. Eliot isn't it? In, is in the four quartets, right? The, he talks right. about the still point of the, of the turning world, right? And right. without that still point, there, there would be no dance and there is only the dance and very mystical understanding. But and yet every, everything comes from that almost like the Celtic cross, you know, you've got that still circle within at the center of the, of the cross itself, that still mm. point. Yes. Yes. It's the still point that, that, that gives meaning to the dance. It's the still points that gives meaning to the music. It's the still points that give meaning to our lives. Exactly. And you can do it anywhere in any fashion, right? I mean, I know some people like to breathe the four, seven, eight breath. You know, you breathe in for four counts and then hold it for seven and then breathe out for eight. Right. Do that a few right. times and, and you completely relax yourself. And that could be done in, in less than a minute, you know, and, you, and you've got that stillness being developed. That Exactly. That a great, a great example of a still point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing I like to encourage people to do is is – to, to get started in the process of stopping, begin with those still points, those very brief moments. One of them is, for example, if you're wherever you might be, if you can, go into a bathroom, close the door and lock it if you can, and just look in the mirror, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just be still, just be quiet, and notice the quiet, and then just go back to life. And do that over and over again during your day in whatever way you can. At a red light, if you're driving a car, if you're at an office and you're working, as you get up from your desk and go to the copy machine, that's a, that's a to from. What do you do with that space between your desk and the copy machine? Just be still. Turn your energy in. Be still and aware of your inner life. And do that several times a day. That's how to get into the process. And then my conviction is that you'll like that so much that will be so attractive to you that you'll want to do a longer time 
which would which I'm calling stopovers, which could be like a, a whole morning uh, being still, or just spending it in the park, or in a church, or in a library, or or at home. It doesn't make any difference. See that as as Paul said earlier, you you can do it anywhere. You you don't need any equipment. You don't need to spend any money. You don't need any training. It comes. You, you know exactly what to do. Nothing. Um, right. The challenge, the challenge is not how to do it. It's motivating yourself to do it and motivating yourself to see the value of doing nothing. Because, as we've mentioned a couple times already, this idea is so countercultural. Our culture does not encourage this. So don't expect anybody to to encourage you. In fact, your kids or your spouse might say, "What, what do you mean you're going to do nothing for a morning?" <laughs> we, yeah. You know, I wish I could do that, or you know, yeah. you're going to get a lot of uh, of resistance from people. So this is why you have to be really convinced of it, and to be convinced of it is just by doing it. It'll be so attractive to you, you'll want to do more. At least that's that's my conviction, and I've seen it happen in many people. Absolutely, um, I like the old uh, flaneurs, you know, the 19th century Frenchmen who would just Oh, yeah. leave their home in the morning and just wander. And uh, yes. we, have a, we have a modern version of it called psychogeography now. Books are being written about it. It's the same idea. You just wander around and, and see what happenstance brings you. Oh, I'll have to say, say that term again, psychogeography. The, the, the modern version, psychogeography. Yes. Um, psychogeography, I'll look that yeah, up. Yeah, so you're moving through a landscape, but you're using your mind to explore uh-huh. Um, and and experience it, and um, and I love that idea, you know, because it's it speaks to me. That's the way I love to travel, is to to see what's going to happen next, rather than check all the things off the list. Though, you know, there's a tendency to do that. I got to go to that museum. I got to see that castle, whatever. But it's even better than that. Is you know, be where you are, right? Just enjoy right. Uh, what, who you might bump into, or, or what what the beauty of something. Um, Exactly. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. So grinding halts, they don't happen too much in our lives, right? Hopefully. You don't no. have a grinding halt every five minutes, you know, but but I've known a few in my life. I think you had one in your early 40s when you were, you exactly. know, reconsidering um, life. Um, they can be very solitary, though, can't they? They. It, it's almost a bit like the you know the alcoholics uh, bottoming out experience, you know, where you right. you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Something has to change, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. No, grinding halts can can happen to some people several times in life, and to other people, they'll never happen at all, and that's fine. Um, it, it, most people, unfortunately, experience a grinding halt by force. They get sick or they have an accident, and they wind up in bed, still stopped. And that's the, the, the least desirable way to do a grinding halt, because you're sick, you're, you're injured, you're, your focus is on getting better, and it's not really um, um, the, the advantageous time. Although many people have turned an accidental grinding halt into a very, very spiritual experience, and that's certainly very, very possible. No, the grinding halt that I'm encouraging is an intentional doing nothing for a longer period of time. 
many uh, religious traditions have what they call retreats, and uh, that would be, uh, say, a, a two-week silent retreat would definitely be a grinding halt if that's right. something that you're inclined to do. Um, um, I have several examples in the book of people who have done grinding halts uh, purposefully and uh, accidentally. <laughs> well, also in the religious tradition, the, you know, something called a sabbatical, right? And I don't yes. think it's just, just for ministers. I think it's salutary for others to have a sabbatical, and that is just take take time to do something completely different to what you normally do. You know, mm. it, it can be an adventure in nature. Uh, I know some people like to hike in, in the wilderness or whatever, or right. it could be visiting a, a country you've never been to before, um, or just simply being in a place where you do nothing. You know, we, we spent some time in the, in a place called Souk in, in the, Vancouver Island one time. And oh, just, I know Souk. It's, yes, oh, I, yeah. Souk, Souk is a wonderful place. Yeah, and we were just watching the bay and then going for walks in the woods, seeing the orcas, you know, swimming and and basically doing a whole lot of nothing. But uh, man, that was the, it, it replenished us. You know, we felt wonderful after that. Oh, I'll back. say. And you can still go back there, right? Because once it's in your consciousness, you can revisit these stopovers and and or, or halts and and get renewed inspiration. So it's mm -hmm. not they don't just happen the one time; they they happen in recollection as well. And I think that's the wonderful thing about that. I, I love that idea, Paul. Yeah, that's so true. So lots of gifts that come from stopping, right? You say you know we begin to see things. I'm a bird watcher, and when I go into nature. And, and just look and see without judging, the birds show themselves, whereas before they were they were hidden. Well, they weren't uh -huh. hidden, they were just, I was hidden from them, you know, because right. I wasn't, I was distracted. Uh, but when I stop and, and can see, uh, because I'm, I'm relaxed and looking, then I've seen wonderful things, right, that I never oh, saw Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, I think the most important gift of stopping is attention that is just as much as possible paying attention as you've been uh, talking about all along, Paul, to what is going on in your life right at the moment, being in the present moment. Mindfulness is a, is a popular concept, which I think is very, very much related to what we're, stop, what we're talking about with stopping. So, yeah, paying attention. And one of the things I like to think of about attention is that in, in my life, that... I find that attention, the idea of attention and the idea of prayer are very, very much the same thing. In other words, praying is just paying intense attention, being as uh, focused as possible. Uh, and the concept of prayer is uh, attending to the moment, attending to God, attending yeah. to the 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 reality that you're that you're in so yeah, yeah i like I to think that. of those two yeah. things yeah i like that a lot and i love the the idea of attending you know it's it's a care there's a caring involved mm. in that isn't there? and that that's beautiful compassionate way of approach for ourselves and others yeah another one i liked was you know healthy boundaries right we were able when we could see more clearly we're paying attention 
we we can set boundaries. Uh, you know that that they don't limit the boundaries. Are not all bad. You know, people say, oh, well, you 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 got too many rigid boundaries around you. Well, we have, healthy boundaries are very important, aren't they? To absolutely to create sanity, right? Um, so we can see wh- where they're necessary, where they're not necessary, and and have a little more wisdom and discernment there. Exactly. Yeah, to keep them flexible, to know that you know where you end and someone else begins to keep everyone in uh, the relationship that you want them to be in with you exactly and not to not to let that get out of your control yeah that's one of the gifts of stopping because you see more clearly how people are in your life and you see more clearly uh, where you want them to be and where uh, you don't want them to be Another one is embracing your shadow. You want to talk about that a bit? Sure, yeah. That's a Jungian concept, Carl Jung's concept of the shadow, which is uh, basically the shadow is what is the hidden part of one's life. It's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily good. It's just hidden. And Jung's idea is to embrace the shadow. And so often... Uh, when we do not embrace our shadow, in other words, we are not aware of it, it will do things to us that are not good. Um, uh, we see this so often in, in politicians. Um, they go go off one end, off the deep end, and they're just totally unaware of their, in, in many cases, of their negative side. They're totally unaware of their, say, oh, their... Uh, their self-interest, their uh, uh, solipsism, um, and and it gets them into deep trouble. So, so embracing your shadow, knowing what your weaknesses are, and knowing what your strengths are, to be aware of the hidden part of yourself. Very often, the part of yourself that others see, but you have a difficult time seeing stopping can being still can help you be aware of that and embrace it and face it and integrate it into your life more more completely there's a gift isn't there that comes if we could see how other people see us you know yes without judgment so often we got our own view and then we're not really open to what somebody else might say and there's a great poem you have i'd like to read it uh, by mm-hmm. pablo neruda the great chilean Oh, yeah. And it's called fear. He says, everyone is after me to exercise, get in shape, play football, rush about, even go swimming and flying. Mm, Fair enough. Everyone is after me to take it easy. They all make doctor's appointments for me, eyeing me in that quizzical way. What is it? Everyone is after me to take a trip, to come in, to leave, not to travel, to die, and alternatively not to die. It doesn't matter. Everyone is spotting oddnesses in my innards, suddenly shocked by the radio-awful diagrams. I don't agree with them. Everyone is picking up my poetry with their relentless knives and forks, trying, no doubt, to find a fly. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the whole world, afraid of cold water, afraid of death. I am, as all mortals are, unable to be patient. And so, in these brief passing days, I shall put them out of my mind. I shall open up and imprison myself with my most treacherous enemy. 
Pablo Neruda. Isn't that, that. isn't that marvelous? That's awesome, isn't it? It's I'm awesome. That is an awesome poem. Yeah, great poem. Because again, it doesn't have any easy answers. It's it's got all these contradictions, and yet we have to contradiction and and fully embrace it and and deal with our most dangerous uh, animal, which is our own self. And our, our own, own self. self. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. he 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 just in that poem he describes what I call life's distractions so beautifully, so poetically, yeah. doesn't he? Absolutely. Oh yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for reading it. So, um, yeah, so there's some of the, um, the, the, the gifts, and so there's also challenges, right? And, you know, this can be dangerous, this stuff, and, and to use his word, um, because it might change us at root, right? There may be radical mm -hmm. change that happens as a result of this. That's right. Yes, it is dangerous in that sense. Yeah, there, there's, there's a very, very great possibility that you will be different, that you will find things um, that you haven't known before, uh, but that have always been there. So I would say, um, you know, face them with courage. But it does take some courage to do it. Absolutely. So if you if you really don't want to change, folks, don't read this book. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking to do some real work and and a fun work too, because it's not heavy. There's there's a lot of joy in the book. I get hold of the book, and uh, I think it's gonna going to help you look in a, in a different way, which is beyond stereotypes or, or the way that we've been um, conditioned to think about life. Because um, life is joyous, even in the midst of the uh, the terror, I believe. Exactly, and, um, yeah. And and it's it's our birthright to, to claim that. Um, and this book help, helps us to do that. You mentioned three things that we can do to approach this uh, at WISE. Uh, attention and awareness, and that is um, uh, notice, uh, name, and narrate. So tell us yes. a little bit about those three ends. Yeah. Okay. The uh, th that process is a, a process of trying to become aware of what's going on, and the first step is to notice. And so often in life, we don't notice things; they pass us by. For example, you're just walking along and you think of you might think of a childhood friend okay notice that don't just let that go that that thought that awareness that insight it's got something for you so the first thing to do with anything that happens to you in life is to notice it to take note and that's this is the really in a way it's the hardest step because these things just fly by us and we don't even know that they're happening and then the, the second thing to do is to give it a name. What is it that's going on right now for me? Is it, a, is it a feeling of fear? Is it a feeling of excitement? Is it a feeling of uh, anticipation? Give it a name, because by naming it, you can own it. And then narrate. Tell it. Tell the world. Somehow, tell the world what you've noticed. You can do this by absolutely any way possible. There's a million zillion ways of doing it. You can scream it, you can write it, you can you can uh tell your friend, you can you can write a book, you can write a song, you can uh throw a party. You see there's just there's it you it, there's there's no limit to what you can do 
to what you've noticed and named. And then the world has it. You've made a gift to the world, and you've made a gift to yourself. And you've closed the circle. You've noted it, you've named it, and you've given it back. And so it creates sort of a loop of life, noticing, naming, and narrating, giving it back. It creates this loop. And this this is something that can be very, very uh, inducive to the process of stopping, of being still. And I see this happening, you know, in all fields, right? Not just in creative endeavors like right. writing or music or whatever. I was thinking about doctors and nurses during this whole process of COVID, you know, yes. and, and they're noticing, they're, they're paying attention, they're, they're naming it as clearly as they can, uh, and then they're, they're speaking the truth and narrating it uh, in a beautiful, compassionate way. And, yes. you know, my, 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 I have nothing but great admiration for the vast majority of the, that profession for, for the amazing work they're doing under stressful conditions and circumstances. And it's the same idea there, I think. And it's a form of mindfulness. It's a, it's a form of, you know, they can't stop this happening, but they can, they can calm down and be in a, in a place where they're more aware, right? Where they're in the yes, yeah, point. yeah. You feel that stillness, I think, sometimes from them. Exactly, Paul. That's a very, very good example of noticing, naming, and narrating. Yeah, thanks for that example. You know, there's another idea about stopping that uh, I find can be helpful to people, and that is, um, you know, everyone has a different metabolism. And some people find it more difficult to stop and do nothing than other people do based on a physical metabolism rather than yeah. any kind of spiritual reality. So one of the things to keep in mind is that you can, you can stop and move at the same time. It's like you can, what I call pacing. If you find that you're jittery or you have a high metabolism, I have a friend that just never stops moving. She's just jumping all over the place all the time, has that kind of energy. Uh, so uh, try pacing. In other words, get a uh, predetermined path. It can be in your room. It can be in a park. It can be anywhere. Uh, and you just walk in circles. And, huh. uh, and you just keep walking. But you're moving, and you can do stopping in that way. Perfectly. One of the, the the most clear examples of this is the labyrinth. I, I don't know, Paul, if you've ever uh, used the labyrinth. You know what I'm talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's a great huge circle on the floor with a pathway that leads circuitously to the center, and the pathway is predetermined. You just walk it, and it's a meditative process. It comes from the cathedral in Chartres, France where it was a very, very ancient practice. Uh, and now it's very popular in this country. So seek out. There's probably a labyrinth someplace in your neighborhood. Uh, if you find that being still is physically challenging to you, you can try one of those two things. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And there's actually a directory of labyrinths throughout the, uh, certainly the U.S. So you can just look up that and get find out the, the lab, nearest labyrinth to you. Oh, good. We had, we had one in our old, in my former church, and um, yeah, but they 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 popped up everywhere now. I know a lot of hospitals have labyrinths, so yes. so the patients can go out there and and use that ancient, ancient and powerful 
powerful practice. Yes, let me exactly. Let me tell people about next week's show, and then I'll ask, uh, let's ask the question, what have we left out that we haven't covered yet? So okay. um, next week, uh, filmmaker and director Arthur Kanagis joins me, and he's going to talk about the story of world citizen Gary Davis and uh, the film he made about him called The World Is My Country. So that, that should be interesting mm -hmm. uh, to find out more about Gary Davis. But right now, David, what have, what have we left out that we haven't covered? We've covered it quite a lot, I think. But Yes, we have, we, yeah. Well, you know, there's one thing that's important to keep in mind about stopping, and that is if you can do it in nature, that's all the, all the better. In other words, if you can go to a park or if you can go someplace where you're close to nature, that really enhances the, the, the whole process and makes it a lot easier. And then to, to end, uh, I'll make a quote from Milan Kundera, who is a Czech novelist. And it's a, it's a little equation he has. And he says, slowness is to remembering as speed is to forgetting. In other words, the slower you go, the more you remember. The faster you go, the more you forget. Just keep going. Just keep moving. Just keep running. And you, and you, you will likely not remember much. So that's something maybe to keep in mind as an encouragement. You mentioned that in the book, too, in terms of uh, whenever we're contemplating something, we tend to slow down, right? Absolutely. Um, and we're thinking we uh, pace slows but if we're afraid and, and we're thinking about something that's perturbing us we tend to speed up we want to run away from it you know and so yeah it's actually it actually works in many i agree with you totally in nature you know that we we hadn't got away for a while uh, because of covid and we went up to new mexico and spent a couple of weeks in the the, the high country hiking mm. and mm. oh my goodness it was like a revelation because you know Mother Nature was there in, in full summer, and it was just a really beautiful time. And it doesn't have to be up in, you know, in the Rockies. It could be anywhere, right? There's a piece Absolutely. of Absolutely, in, in, in the local you. park, anywhere. Yes, to take advantage of that and connect yourself to the, to the wisdom that's, that's in Mother Nature always. Yeah. Yes. So it's been a joy once again. The book is The Art of Stopping by David Kuntz, and uh, it's available wherever. And we gave the uh, information about it, so grab a copy. Thank you so much, David, for being on the show today. Paul, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.